When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives and the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Well, guys, we've made it. It's December. We are in the final month of the year 2021. I know it's been a rough year for a lot of people, and people's seasonal depression is kicking into high gear. So I don't know about you all, but you know, one of the only things that has gotten me through the last few weeks is Sally and Sunset Season 4 and Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. I don't know what it is about these shows. Maybe it's that they're sun-filled and relatively happy and tons of looks and just so glossy. It just is, I don't know, such a treat to watch, um, especially when it's so dark out and I'm just craving summer. Uh, well, this week has been pretty wild uh, with the <laughs> Bravo. I mean, the beginning of the week had the release of the Hulu documentary, The Housewife and the Shaw Shocker, which is the second sort of installment in the Hulu series on real housewives who are in legal trouble, the first one being The Housewife and the Hustler, about Erica and Tom Girardi. Well, this one is about Jen Shaw and all of the fraud that she has allegedly engaged in. I don't know if I learned anything new that I didn't already know from kind of doing deep dives into articles about the case and, you know, the indictment from the Southern District of New York uh, federal court. Yeah, there's just not a whole lot there. Um, Even the victims, they're associated with or they were victimized by companies that are associated with Jen Shah, but they are not named in any of the, I guess, current legal battles against her. So it was just hard to make the distinction that like these people were victimized by Jen. And because it appears that her and Stuart were selling lead lists to people that would then victimize others that they're like almost a step removed from like engaging in the fraud, even though they were the masterminds allegedly behind it. So I don't know, I feel like if we really wanted a good documentary, we would have gotten it after the trial when most of the evidence is going to be presented. But right now, it's just kind of rehashing what has already happened and what we already know with some wonderful talking heads, including the ladies from the Bravo docket, including Brian Moylan. (laughs) We've got Dana Wilkie again, uh, the self-appointed expert on 
committing wire fraud because <laughs> she actually was charged with conspiracy to commit wire fraud along with uh, a number of other charges in 2014. And she did plead guilty to misrepresentation of a felony. And the case was kind of wrapped up. But you guys can check that out. I always find it interesting that she's speaking out on cases where people are behaving inappropriately when she, you know, she pled guilty to behaving inappropriately. <laughs> so I always find that interesting. Now, Jen Shaw is arguing that because of this documentary, she cannot have a fair trial because the jury pool will be tainted by having witnessed this documentary and will already have preconceived notions about her and she won't get a fair trial. I don't think that's going to go very far. A judge already set a trial date for March 22nd. It'll just be interesting when they end up filming the season two reunion and then how quickly they're going to probably try to start filming season three, knowing that her case uh, is going to trial in March, <laughs> the end of March of 2022. And at the end of that case, if she is found guilty, she goes immediately to prison before sentencing. I think that she has to stay behind bars um, until her, her sentence is is given. So I don't know. I just I can't see a situation in which she does not end up behind bars for a significant period of time. We all know that Stuart Smith, her co-conspirator, pled guilty. His sentencing is March 3rd, so before her trial. And in the past, people who've pled guilty to similar charges, including involving this case, received five to seven years. So that may be what he's looking at, um, but, you know, potentially more. We got the Salt Lake City mid-season trailer. And guys, I loved it. One of the things I really like about this franchise, and I don't know if it's just that I have my head in the sand, but I haven't heard a whole lot of leaks, you know, other than what's been going on with Jen Shaw, but that's just playing out in the press. I didn't know all the stuff about Mary. I mean, you heard rumblings, but nothing big. Uh, I had no idea about all the stuff that was in the trailer. So it looks so exciting. I'm wondering, why are they back in the van again? <laughs> like, I can't imagine what would make Jen Shaw get back into that vehicle. They're in it again, and it appears that there's some sort of like physical altercation between Jen Shaw and Lisa. I, I had no idea. Like, I'd not heard about that. It looks like Lisa and Meredith may have a falling out, which could be just very sad, but incredible television to witness. You know, Jen obviously maintains her innocence, and it feels like the others turn the heat up against Mary, which is wild because there's an actual indictment against Jen, and I don't believe there's any lawsuits that we know of against Mary. We'll see what happens with that. I'm also so interested to know who Meredith is shouting about at the very, very end. She says, I'll talk about who everybody dated that nobody knows about. I'm wondering if Jen Shaw had someone on the side, like the whole story that Heather and Lisa were trying to pull together a couple episodes ago when they're at the dinner table 
in Vail. And Heather says, I got her an Uber. And then she got out in, you know, a few blocks later. And then Lisa was like, well, I, I might have known who she was with that night, kind of. I don't know. Something seems very fishy there. But I am absolutely loving everything about Salt Lake City, and I will just devour this season. I cannot wait for their new episodes to come. I just, I'm loving it. I'm so entertained. Vanderpump Rules filmed its reunion this past Friday. There's some bizarre rumor that Raquel ended her engagement with James, but uh, I just don't think that that's very likely. And uh, myself and my guest uh, get into talking about Vanderpump Rules just a bit um, in this episode, and I didn't think about it until later. But, you know, I I was always saying I really wanted Katie to have her own business and something going on in her life. So she's not so focused about what the Toms are doing. Because I do believe she's potentially has the potential to be a very brilliant businesswoman and restaurant owner. And I know this has been like, kicked around before. But why doesn't she open a bar called Tequila Katie? Like, could she get funding from some of the other OGs? I'm sure Jax is looking to invest. I don't know. Uh, I really, I would definitely go to a bar called Tequila Katie. Um, In some other Bravo news, many of you saw the video that Ebony was at a stand-up comedy show for comedian Sam Bloom, Bloom Store. Um, she was with with Bronwyn, Bronwyn's new girlfriend, and Barbara Kay. And Ebony was heckling the comedian. And so he referred to her as like the J.C. Penny collection. And she got all upset. And she stood up and she took the mic from him. She got a mic in her hands from a stand-up comedian in the middle of his set. And she went on to say that he needs to respect her like the black queen that she is. And I don't know, this is just such a no-no in stand-up comedy. It, it takes so much guts to get up on stage. And you're not supposed to heckle, like, and especially like that level of heckling and taking the mic. It's just, ugh, I don't know. Guys, I don't know about Ebony anymore. And <laughs> I part of this is I feel like I'm tainted by hearing that she's hanging out with Bronwyn because I've shared my thoughts on Bronwyn. I just get a weird spidey sense about her. I'm uncomfortable with her. Something is off uh, to me about how she behaves. And I just, it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm judging her. Judge me for judging her. I feel like she is such a fame whore. She is so addicted to fame. The fact that she is like running around the country from New York to Miami, back to California, to Hawaii, all over, and trying to get paparazzi photos. It just weirds me out. And doesn't she have like seven kids? Like, what is she doing? Okay, rant over. And for those of you who think I'm mom shaming, I apologize. I'm really not trying to. I just, I have an issue with Bronwyn. Um, okay. Now, this is the last thing I'm going to say this week. But if you guys do not listen to the podcast Celebrity Memoir Book Club, you should. It's really good. And this past week, they did an episode on Yolanda Hadid and her book, Believe Me. Now, this is about her battle with chronic Lyme disease. And I wasn't sure if I was going to say anything on the podcast, 
because this sounds extremely judgmental. And I feel like that's the theme. Like, I'm just like a very judgmental this week. Um, you know, I'm, I don't know why. <laughs> but, oh my God, Yolanda is so full of shit. And the two women who do the podcast are recounting what's in her book. And it's so much more shocking than I could have ever imagined. And I know this book has been out for a bit, right? But I didn't realize so many things that were uncovered in the book that Yolanda wrote. So when she was 19 years old, she was in Japan modeling and she went to get acupuncture. And back in the day, acupuncture needles were sterilized, but they weren't, um, you know, brand new each time, right? It's like they have disposable needles now for acupuncture uh, because just like with tattoos and things like that, it can be dangerous and you can spread disease from reusing needles. So she actually contracted hepatitis B, which is a pretty serious disease. And for many people, it, um, you know, they get better after within six months. But for some people, they can have chronic um, hepatitis B. And I'm wondering if that's what some of her symptoms were. She also went uh, to get diagnosed um, by David Foster's physician, who told her that she had chronic fatigue syndrome, which is also a very real thing. But she didn't take that diagnosis. She didn't believe it was real. And she didn't like what she was told, which was to do less things and to rest. So she went around the world and she traveled to some honestly quack doctor in Belgium who told her she had chronic Lyme. And for those of you who aren't familiar with it, it's just chronic Lyme disease is not widely accepted within the medical community. There is a very real disease called Lyme disease. And for people who get diagnosed with Lyme disease and who get treated for Lyme disease, but who still have symptoms, it's called post-treatment Lyme, Lyme syndrome. And that is also very real. But chronic Lyme disease tends to be people who are diagnosed um, with this illness, but had never had a positive Lyme disease test. So it's just, you know, while all the symptoms may be very real, the, the likelihood that it can actually be traced back to a Lyme infection is, is small. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that I'm not saying that she has Munchausen syndrome. I don't believe that Yolanda is purposefully doing things to make herself ill. But if you listen to this podcast and all of the things that she mentions in her book and the types of treatments that she was giving herself, um, which were not FDA approved, so she had to leave the country for most of them, they were making her sick. And I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying justice for David Foster or anything, but he sounds like he was trying to help her. And she sounds like she was dead set on focusing on this illness and doing things to her body that were harmful and believing that they were helping her. And it is just a wild ride. I encourage you all to to take a listen. Um, yeah, it's just, it's something. So do yourself a favor, Celebrity Memoir Book Club, the latest episode on Yolanda Hadid's memoir, Believe Me. All right, guys. I have got a great episode for you this week. Victoria Lee, who you guys know as the Instagram handle at Asians Who Watch Bravo, is here to chat about Asian representation on Bravo. We didn't, unfortunately, get a chance to talk about um, Jenny from Salt Lake City, mainly because 
Victoria has developed friendships with some of the other women, including Crystal and Dr. Tiffany Moon. We chat about that a bit. And then, of course, we get into The Real Housewives of the OC premiere episode of season 16, The Return of Fancy Pants. Lots to chat about there. Of course, if you guys enjoy the podcast, be sure to rate it five stars and leave a nice review. If you have thoughts or concerns or comments, you know, my DMs are open. Just send me a message, especially if you think I'm being mom shamey and judgmental. I will, I will take it. I've, I fully, <laughs> I agree. I feel like I've been a little bit judgmental, uh, this episode. And be sure to follow me on social media at Mandy Slutsker on Instagram and Twitter. We're going to take a very short break and then back with Victoria. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Victoria Lee. You guys know her as Asians Who Watch Bravo on Instagram and Twitter. She also happens to be from the DMV. So I'm so excited to talk to another person in this area. How are you doing? I well, first of all, thank you for having me. This is so exciting. And I know I love finding a fellow DMV Bravo lover and, you know, just someone who's in the area and, um, yeah, I'm so excited to be on here today and I'm doing well, you know, just, you know, I think like the winter has come so fast here. So I'm just someone who hates the cold. And so <gasps> I hate the cold and I hate these winter months, but you know, Bravo is getting me through it. So same. It's, it's been rough. Today was okay. Cause yeah. it was warmer, but just yeah. the sun setting at 445. Yeah. It hurts my soul. I know. Yeah. It, it's like, it's not so much about the cold. Actually, it is like the darkness. You're just like, you wake up to darkness and then you like, leave with like work with darkness. I don't know. It's just like depressing, but yeah, I'm trying to like pretend that these shows are like trying to pretend to escape to these shows where they're in warmer weather (laughs) yeah that's what I was telling you you have to watch Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip especially when you're having an off week or an off day and you're feeling kind of down because it feels like just pure vitamin d warm sunshine it is oh I love it I absolutely love it I just think it's such a funny concept too, that like Bravo's like, all right, these are the wives that we like really have thought about and their dynamics. And these are who are going to go on the trip and they just like pay for them for like a couple weeks just to be in this random ass place and just like film them as if they're like, just, you know, like kind of like big brother or like, like a weird version of the bachelorette where there's no bachelor. So they're just like, (laughs) or the bachelor. I don't, yeah. And I'm just like, you know, it's funny it's a funny concept and I've been seeing like all the content and the memes out there and I'm like, okay, I have to watch this. I just got to like sit down and watch it because there is so much to watch now. Um, I feel like Bravo has been putting a lot of good shows on at the same time. So it's a little bit like, Oh my God, I feel like my head isn't going in different directions, but yeah. Um, No, I, the thing that I love about ultimate girls trip is that they break the fourth wall. 
in a way I never see on these other Bravo shows. And we'll get to OC in a bit, but the way I wish they did almost a little bit more because Mm -hmm. then it doesn't feel fake at all. And there's nothing that feels set up or anything like that. They're all like, oh, on my show, this. On my show, that. Oh, do you guys do this on your show? Who Mm -hmm. on your cast do you get along with? Like, they're talking about it, like the actual show and being on TV and what it means to be famous and how much money they make from Cameo. Like, all of it is discussed. And so they're bonding with each other over the fact that they – have this shared experience of being a real housewife on a franchise that's on Bravo. Right. And that just made it so real because there's no, no topic that's off limits. And so it flows more naturally, I feel like, yeah. than most of the Housewives franchise that we're watching. Yeah. Do they talk about like how different franchises have like a larger vacation budget? Because I always think about that. Like Beverly Hills has gone to like Dubai and then Potomac goes to like Ocean City, Maryland. And if I were them, I'd be so pissed off. I'd be like, are you kidding me? Like my coworkers essentially are getting to go on these international first class trips and we're going to like Ocean City, Maryland. And just for reference, anyone that's not from the DMV area, Ocean City is like where teenagers go for like their beach week after they graduate high school. I mean, it is nice parts of it, but it's not where like a house ultimate girls trip would never be filmed there. Like that's just, yeah, it's and of all the areas in the like mid Atlantic, that wouldn't be the beach spot I would choose. Right. Right. Be more like Rehoboth, Bethany beach. Exactly. Yeah. So, something like that. But yeah, no, yeah. They, ha- they haven't discussed that yet about the, mm-hmm. the budgets. But I've read in some of the books about Bravo, like Dave Quinn's book, mm-hmm. something on how like usually the first season, they don't want to spend a lot on a trip. But if as yeah. the the franchise starts to make Bravo more money by getting more viewers, yeah. then they're willing to invest more in it. Mm. And so it's just hard because COVID's been going on and international right, travel is right. so easy that yeah. they had to get a little creative. Yeah. I always I know wonder. That is an annoying thing that COVID has fucked up so many things um, in terms of just like, you know, their vacations are messed with. And I want to see them like in their extreme, like first class travel and like their nice ass hotels and then like fighting in these international cities. And these people around them are like, what are these American people doing? Right. Yelling in a restaurant like that scene from Amsterdam where, um, you know, Kim and Lisa get into it and everything. Like you could see the people in the background of the restaurant just like turning around being like, what is going on here? And they have no concept of like what's going on. They most likely don't watch Bravo. And they're probably just like, what are these six grown ass women, American women doing to like just yelling at each other in a restaurant? Like, I don't think I would, it's not normal to see that in any American restaurant, but like, especially I feel like in foreign countries, you just wouldn't see that happen. But, you know, it's just kind of, it's just funny to watch in terms of that. I feel like international folks are used to seeing American tourists because we tend to be quite loud. Yeah, we're not exactly like quiet and keep to ourselves and we're just boisterous and we just have like a large presence like I feel like no matter how much we try to hide it it's just something that we do that is so Americanized and we're like that's an American even though you try to like hide it you're like I don't want to be American (laughs) I'm from Canada it's like no you take up too much space in this presence (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're just like and we're too like smiley probably or something I don't know yeah 
Oh, man. Well, that's one thing that people can be grateful for, that Americans can't travel as much right now. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) So through your Instagram account, Asians Who Watch Mm -hmm. Bravo, you've developed relationships with a number of Asian Bravo celebrities, specifically Mm -hmm. Dr. Tiffany Moon and Crystal Minkoff. Like, Mm -hmm. tell me how those relationships began and how you feel about these women in general. Well, it kind of just really happened organically. I mean, I was, I started my page, um, Agents Who Watch Bravo, because the original catalyst for it was when Brandy Redmond's racist video had resurfaced. And I watched Dallas here and there. And I always thought Brandy was like kind of funny and just, you know, I didn't really think that much about her or the franchise. And then when I saw this video, I was like, holy crap. And then when I read that Tiffany Moon was joining the cast, I was like, I have to watch and, you know, advocate for the only Asian housewife on there. And on Instagram, I haven't seen like too many Asian run accounts or if at all. And if they are, you know, that's not like their focal point of their page. So I wanted to truthfully at first, I was just going to talk about Dallas and probably like delete my page. I thought I just wanted to talk about the racism and be like, call Bravo out because from my personal account, I had reached out to like random Bravo accounts. I think I like DM'd Andy Cohen and was like, are you really going to have this racist as person on your show? And I don't know if you know this, but your demographic does include Asian women, including myself. So, you know, yeah, I mean, to make not such a long story, I just started posting and then Tiffany Moon, you know, saw my stories and like started reaching out to me and we just started DMing and then just randomly she was like here's my phone number and then we started facetiming and it we weren't even just like always talking about the show we were just talking about life in general and um we obviously have a lot in common and being an asian american and um and then she would talk about her experiences as being a doctor in this pandemic and being an asian american doctor which she has shown uh talked about on the show which was crazy and just you know like and she's such a boss bitch. She'd be like texting me something funny. And then she's like, all right, I have to go to surgery. I'll be right back. Sorry. And I'm like, oh, okay, go do something. I'm just like on Instagram, like trolling someone and you're like saving someone's life. But yeah, so we just started messaging. And then um, funnily enough, my uncle lives in Dallas. So um, because of COVID, we did a cross country trip. Um, and, you know, I reached out to my, I reached out to Tiffany and I was like, hey, I'm actually going to be in Dallas. Uh, during this time like would you like to come to dinner with me my family and she did and it was amazing and she's just she's so funny she's so nice I mean she's so tiny too like in person I'm like but she just like has such a like inviting and large personality you know those people who like they are a lot shorter than you think because of their personality is just so like (laughs) outgoing and you're like I didn't realize you're so short so she's just She's kind of like that. And she's just such a like, she's so, so nice. And, you know, we still talk to this day and she's hilarious. And she's just, she's also really generous. I mean, she like sent me um, her wine. She sent me her candles and she sent me like one time she sent me stuff for like my dogs. She was like, oh, thanks for supporting my pay. I'm supporting me. And like, here's stuff for your dogs and candles. And I was like, oh my God, you not have to do that. And, you know, none of this I'm doing to get anything out of it. And I didn't even think that Tiffany was going to even see my page, let alone talk to me. So that was really exciting. And then, um, you know, that just kind of happened. And then my page kind of grew a little bit and I just started talking about other things. And then on Beverly Hills, I saw that Crystal was cast and I started posting about her. And, you know, just when the season premiered, I just, you know, or 
I really organically talked about my um, thoughts and views as watching it as an Asian American um, audience member, you know, not, not just watching it as just like someone who just watches Bravo for just like mindless activity. I also just watched it from trying to almost watch it from like a sociological standpoint and just my view as just um, an Asian woman, you know, realizing how like the nuances and some of the microaggressions and, you know, I have always noticed on Bravo, like, you know, Bravo, like as much as I watch it, I don't love it because they don't ever really have diverse housewives in the almost 20 years it's been on. Um, And it's taken so long for these Asian housewives to be cast and in a height of when, you know, um, Asian hate has been really exponentially growing. So it was a little like this timing is like a little weird and I don't know if it's a little performative, but, you know, I just think like, okay, well, finally there's an Asian housewife on Beverly Hills, which is in LA and LA has one of the largest Asian populations in America. So I'm like, all right, I'll take what I can get after 10 years of watching Bravo. I mean, Beverly Hills, um, they finally cast Crystal. And so, you know, again, I just started reaching out to her and she messaged me and, Um, We just started talking from there. And I actually saw that she was in DC a few months ago and I like DM'd her not thinking she was going to respond. I was like, LOL, if you want any good food recommendations and want to grab a bite to eat, um, let me know. And I did not think she was going to see it. And then she would respond. I was like, oh, come meet me at um, my hotel to eat at Blue Duck Tavern. So for those of you who don't know, Blue Duck Tavern is like, I mean, Mandy knows, obviously being from the DC area, it's like a very... It's a fancy restaurant, like a lot of presidents and congressmen and, you know, D.C. people go there. And it's like it's kind of like our catch in L.A. or something. I don't know. You like if you go there, you're guaranteed to see someone like I mean, if you're aware of D.C. politics or just like whatever, like I think Wolf Blitzer was there that day that we were there. And I was just like, oh, that's funny that, you know, she just always sees somebody there. But yeah, again, um, she was so down to earth. I mean, like what you see on the show it is her, but like, I think a lot of people misread her coldness, quote unquote, as being cold, but it's really just like her down to earth, not giving a fuck personality. Like, and you know, you probably identify this with this a lot, just like that kind of like, well, she's not from the East Coast, she is from California, but like, just where we just like, kind of have an even kill kind of temperament and like see I see that in Heather Dubrow she never yells or she never I mean she's like yelled once and she never gets too crazy but she just has like this east coast vibe about her where she just doesn't get too hated or too uppity about things and then people sometimes perceive it as being cold but same as Crystal you know and the cold stereotype is attached a lot to Asian women um it's you know we're seen as snobs or elitist or um or people are reacting to their unconscious biases about how Asian women are supposed to act. You know, there's a lot of stereotypes out there of us being meek and quiet and just like agreeing with people and being super subservient and people not seeing Crystal doing that started making them react to that unbeknownst to them. And it's not always their fault, like ignorance, you know, saying ignorance is bliss. And I don't know. I mean, there are people who are willfully ignorant and there's people who just really don't know what they're saying and doing that what they're wrong and when I try to talk about it there are some people who understand a lot of the time I get arguments back being like are you calling me a racist and I'm like you said the word racist I never called you racist I said I think people are reacting to their implicit biases it's like when you see an Asian person what do you think you know like 
when you see, I just try to give people examples of like, let's say there's three dogs lined up. One is a German shepherd. One is like a mini toy poodle. Another one is a pug. And you see like this big muscly guy and this grandmother, like people are gonna be like, Oh, the German shepherd belongs to the big muscly guy. The little poodle belongs to the grandmother. But actually the reverse is the big muscly guy owns the toy poodle and the grandmother owns the German shepherd. So that's like what I try to explain to people's implicit biases. It's just like when you see someone, you know, you just have an immediate reaction and, you know, I do that too. And, you know, unfortunately, like because of everything going on these past couple of years when I see, and this is definitely um, exacerbated and it's, I've been a little bit like this my whole life, but when I see like a white man and especially one who's in a cap and like, you know, plaid shirt and jeans I'm like oh he's racist he's gonna say something to me and that's unfortunate for me to have that bias against bias against white people but that's just the reality right now and so I try to like give that example to people and you know some people listen some people just short circuit and yeah I mean I think Crystal has gotten such a bad rap because of something that she's not doing literally anything different from any of the other housewives you know I saw online hate about her Hermes bag that like Kyle was staring at, you know, and it was like, I don't know, like however many thousands of dollars it was. But I mean, Kyle literally show, has a new Birkin every episode. Um, I mean, the real, the whole premise of Housewives is to show wealth. And yeah. obviously Beverly Hills, the premise of Beverly Hills was to show that like extreme wealth that people like couldn't even fathom. Like when we saw the first season, I mean, we saw Adrian and Lisa in these like houses that literally look like they could be country clubs or be like a facility for something, but they were their homes. And, you know, but that was like exhilarating to me. Like I loved watching that because that's something I'll never live. And it's like, it is an escape. So when people, you know, react to an Asian person having that, they're like, we want you to be wealthy, but not as much as us. And so, and then when they see them being wealthy and like showing off quote unquote, like just showing their wealth. They're like, oh my God, they're so snobby and elitist. And same as Tiffany, um, she obviously earns her dollars too, being a doctor, but you know, people are just like criticizing her and criticizing her for her closet. I'm like, well, actually Stephanie literally had a party in her bathroom to show off her bathroom. So I don't really know where the fucking difference is here. And so that's what pisses me off. And, you know, I talk about that a lot. And so Crystal and I, um, still tech. She's awesome. She's really, really, she's so funny. And I mean, she's just so down to earth and her and I have like shared sense of humor and she, I don't she know. I kind of great. Really. Yeah, I really so like cool. Crystal and you're she's so really, right about yeah. that bag and how people reacted to that mm-hmm. bag. And they're like, Oh, well in this economy with what people are dealing with, I'm like housewives started to peak during the great recession in 2008 2009 I mean we were all like people were glued to their tvs watching all of this while they were losing their jobs you know while Mm -hmm. the stock market was crashing so there's I don't know I I agree I think that there's a lot um it's interesting that crystal got a little bit more I don't know if it's hate or you know whatever she wasn't as warmly received as I thought Dr. Tiffany Moon was very warmly received on Dallas. Uh, I thought most viewers seemed to really, really like her and it was, they kind of didn't like the other cast members. So yeah, I definitely got that vibe. I think there were some people I saw online that were, you know, there's always going to be racist seeds and always, 
I'm not like um, naive enough to think that's not going to happen. But yeah, it was really like the audience members like were glued to Tiffany and like she has a very like like bubbly personality. So she's just like exciting to watch. And but it was her cast members that were making it like difficult to watch. It wasn't like the audience members. So you're right. It's a weird switch where like. Mm, well, Crystal also got like a bad reception for some of her cast members, but then she got a really bad reception from like her audience members. And, you know, like, even you know, I have a very different feeling about that Sutton and Crystal argument. You know, Crystal did share some things with me that, you know, she shared with me privately about that fight, but also just watching it as a viewer. Um, people are like, oh, my God, Crystal just didn't let it go, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, when you really look at all the elements of the fight the night before, Crystal was trying to explain, hey, that conversation between you and Garcelle, Kyle, like, I'm trying to explain it as my as someone who's not white. And then, you know, Sutton cuts it off. Yeah. And it's a conversation between two white women talking about racism against black people. And like Crystal was like, okay, this is not a conversation for even me to have, but for the two of you to have. And Sutton and Kyle were like validating one another. Like Kyle's like, I'm not racist, right? And Sutton's like, yeah, you're not racist. So, you know, it's like one of those conversations. It's like, it's like two non-athletes talking about a sport they don't know anything about. So it's you know I was watching that and then you know okay so the night before she cut her off and yelled at her and like pointed her finger in her face and Sutton's a good she loves a good finger point I don't appreciate that if someone pointed their finger at me like that I'd be like put your finger down um I understand like there's a difference you try to make a point and just like pointing because you're like excited about what you're talking about versus putting your finger in somebody's face that's uncool um and obvious and then you know with that whole finger pointing thing like people don't really yell at Sutton for it but they see like the black housewives do it on Potomac and they're like, Oh my God, they're so trashy and like dirty. I'm like, well, I, I see the white people more scrutiny for, you know, so exactly. um, More than others. But how do you feel about Sutton and Crystal being really good friends now or seemingly uh, buddies? Well, yeah. So yeah, I think that fight was just like, it was weird because yeah, Sutton, nobody intentionally thought even Crystal, like, Sutton walked in on her pur- on purpose when she was changing like nobody thought about that but it was like the aftermath of that like you think about Crystal doesn't know anything and she said this was like two days into filming um so she was like I don't know if a camera crew was behind her and she like didn't leave immediately and then you know everyone on our cast was like invalidating her experience She's like I felt violated and they're like that's a really big word to use where in previous seasons like Brandy threw a glass of wine at Eileen and she was like, I felt violated. And rightfully so that was like a violation, but it's like, why can't Asian women use the same vocabulary as the other woman? And it'd be okay. Like, why can't it be okay? So that was what really was just frustrating that like people kept invalidating crystal. It wasn't even so much what like the actual argument itself. It was just frustrating for me as a viewer to watch the cast members invalidate her. And then to audience members to be like, she's such a bitch and she's such a snob and all these labels that like are not good to label Asian women or any woman of color as. But now seeing their friendship, like I did see it um, definitely form over the season. Like I think they both are very logical people, obviously. And, you know, they were both kind of like agreeing on some of the stuff about Erica's case. But also like when you think about it, like Erica's case, when it was filming, like we we were they were reading it at the same time as uh, we were reading it. But like, we obviously know so much more info now, but that was like 10 months prior. So people were like, oh my God, why wasn't Crystal more hard on Erica? But the only available news article out there was like that one 
um, article that only Sutton oh, read. Times. Yeah. And, um, and also yeah. she didn't know Erica well. So like yeah, she didn't so have a whole lot like, to go off of. Yeah. Right. No, like, I, exactly. I get it. I didn't I, know Erica. So I am why quite excited I for, for this next season of Beverly Hills, though, for Me us too. to get to see like Garcelle, Sutton and Crystal's. I think they're going like, to be like a good tree. I mean, we kind of saw it too, like towards the end of the season and they had like their own article. I think it was like in Hollywood Reporter. So it was or the LA Times. Yeah, LA. Oh yeah, it was not LA yeah. Times. And I mean, they are both, all three of them each could bring so much like fire to an argument because they each, like Sun is, does make me laugh. I have to say like, she does say some things that like make me cackle and like, she does say a lot of good logic. I mean, like, I don't, dislike her but she just and half the stuff i mean actually 80 percent of the season she was saying all the right stuff being like uh this is weird why aren't we questioning erica more and garcelle uh, obviously you know it's really funny because garcelle really doesn't need to be doing this show because she's like an in-demand actress <laughs> but and then uh, you know it's just i think that's so funny that she's on this show and i like i'm like that's always funny when like a famous person comes on one of the shows um and then crystal obviously you know she's experienced now you know these friendships for over a year now and so i'm excited like you to watch them next season and see you know if erica goes after one of them i hope they kind of the three of them form an alliance and go back at her because erica's a bully as we have saw seen um you know i have all my different opinions about erica i don't hate her i mean i don't hate anyone i mean that's not true but (laughs) i don't i don't like hate her as a housewife and i just think I have like an indifferent opinion about her, but you know, she, the way she does talk to people, I'm like, just because you, ha- you, you have this like fierce persona and you're like, you're Erica Jane. Like I didn't appreciate some of the ways that she talked to women of all seasons. She was just like, don't fuck with me like that. You don't want to fuck with me. I'm like, who are you in this world? Like wanna be nobody could ever say that. Yeah. Person. I'm like, like, it's so stupid and obnoxious. You're and male, I think it, right? it, yeah, yeah. I don't think it means you're tough. I think it means you're weak. If you're yeah, unable to show like, your emotions yeah. and and be vulnerable like, with people and, and be open. Well, yeah. this week was pretty special because we had the premiere of season 16 of The Real Housewives of the OC. And Miss oh Fancy Pants, Heather Dubrow, is back. Yeah. So we have waited that. five years to see this oh house my. of hers. And it yes. did not disappoint. Oh, my God. So firstly, how do you feel about Heather's return? Oh, and what <laughs> were you most shocked by in her home? So I'm obsessed that Heather's back because I always liked Heather. And I thought, like, you know, the Real House of Orange County, like, really like Orange County parts of it is one of the wealthiest areas in America, like Newport Beach. And like, I really wanted to see that, like, unfathomable wealth that we see on Beverly Hills. And even in Orange County, there's like people who are even richer than like the Beverly Hills housewives. So I wanted to see that. And like Heather provided that, you know, when we saw her first season, her other nice ass house was like, I have never seen something like that. And I was like, Oh my God. And this is just like her home. And she's like, maybe we'll move out, you know? And so, and she's always just brought like this, like funny, like witty humor. And she just, it's very, even though she's like very wealthy, obviously, she's also very relatable. And I think she's just someone who's a very realistic. So I appreciate that. And but she's also able to like read someone. And like, I would never want to be insulted by her because I probably start crying because she probably would insult me so well. 
but um but the most surprising thing I see I don't know because like I did watch her YouTube channel when she wasn't on Housewives and show it was showing areas of her home I mean like I thought I just, the, the house sconces sent me. Oh, my she God. She developed sconces, yeah, house sconces, which I only learned what those were, like, in my 30s. Like, I didn't know the names of different lighting, you know, yeah. like bathroom lighting. So when she's like, yeah. oh, yeah. And then the just the fact con. that the house sconces is like, I'm still, I like, like will never not laugh at that. that. Yeah. It's she, like- I, I rewatched the house part a few different yeah. times because I was like, yeah. let me take this all in. Terry's office just for show. And then just for the, show. it was the best that they were filming with Gina. And, and yeah, Shannon, Gina but was, yeah. Gina was like, "Oh, but you mean, haha?" And she's like, "No, like he doesn't no. use this room. It's literally like, just for show." Like she, her <laughs> faces were all of us. She was like, "Like we're like," she was like, "Oh my god!" Like, but I that was all of us watching it. We're like, I feel like even wealthy people watching this were probably like, oh, "Holy crap!" Yeah, like like, like she, refrigerated <laughs> drawers in the kitchen. I didn't know that was a thing. I thought only the refrigerator was refrigerated. Like, I didn't know you could just have cabinets refrigerated. You know, the, like, <laughs> the etching. Her, and her wanting to change the cabinets. Like, that was more, like, not even so much the refrigerated cabinets. It was, like, something was wrong in the cabinets. She's like, so I made them redo all the cabinets. She, I think, I would like, be oh a God. nightmare to work for in any capacity, oh, yeah. whether it's oh, as I a chef, be- working in, you know, in any possible way. And any I capacity, yeah. I could see her being difficult with production. I just, I think she's yeah. in, a bit entitled. She is, yeah. you know, oh, she's used to getting part. what she wants and mm-hmm. she's, she expects perfection. And anytime it's not attained, she voices her oh, thoughts. Yeah. That's like areas of her that I don't always appreciate because I'm like, I'm yeah. sure she doesn't talk well to pro- nicely to production. And, you know, that's to me, that's like a very big pe- pet peeve of mine talking down to people and especially like people in the service industry. I mean, production's not really the service industry, but talking to anyone who's like trying to help you and working for you, Kona, like it's just like it's rude to me. And I don't see her like always be so friendly to waiters or waitresses like on the show. She's quite demanding. And she's she's definitely not someone who I'd want to hang out with, but it is fun to watch her on the show. There are certain housewives that I'm like, wow, they seem like they would be a ton of fun to hang out with. Um, And she's just not one of them, but that's okay. (laughs) I feel like I could hang out with Gina because I feel like just Gina's really cool and down to earth. And she just like, it's just Gina, you know, New York Gina. But um, she's a boss yeah, I, ass bitch for what she did with her ex husband, for like holding I him mean, accountable, for testifying against him, for forcing him to admit what he had done, um, and, yeah. and showing that to everyone because that's not easy. She could have made the whole thing I go know. away. He, you know, they they learned to co parent well together. Like, why would she want to go back to that? you know, horrible night that happened when they're on good terms now. But I think it just speaks so much to her strength. I think she's an incredibly strong woman. And I think we've watched her grow so much in these last few seasons. Yeah, that's that's what I love. I feel like I haven't seen a whole lot of growth from Emily. She's kind of the same person she was in the beginning. I am not the biggest Emily Simpson fan. I am not either. Because I... I think she masks some of her views 
um, mm. on the show. But if you look at her social media and who she pays attention to, it can yeah. be kind of scary. You know, she's kind of um, yeah. I mean, I don't conspiracy like theories. I, you know, yeah, she's a little. You know, we <laughs> that know. Kind of stuff. Who, Let's just say we know who she voted for in the last presidential. Yeah, and I have no problem with who she voted for. Like, that's no big deal. It's when you get into, like, scary conspiracy, conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories, yeah. Like the QAnon, like, truly believing that stuff. And it, that that scares me. Yeah, and she, like, <laughs> is into, she, you know, supports that. And she has friends like Gretchen and whoever, Lyd- Lydia from the other couple mm-hmm. seasons ago, like, I also hate Lydia. That's I big hate her. But Lydia um, was probably my least favorite housewife ever. Everything ever. about her annoyed me. And I, I, you know, there's, it's, I don't even know if she did anything wrong. It's just her presence yeah. f- annoyed me. And that, you know, yeah. some people, you just have that reaction. Yeah, to. I just like, I was just like that with her. I was like, you're so fucking annoying. And she's just like standing there. And I'm just like, why am I so annoyed with this shit? But she does also do shady ass shit that I'm like, okay, mm, I don't like you. But yeah, Emily, I don't love her. Um, and I also think she like, kind of a mean girl if you just like see her and she has like a very big anger problem and you see her like she like like this voice comes out in her and she like the way she reacts to people i'm like holy crap holy crap but um glad that kelly is not on there obviously um so shannon how do you think shannon is going to navigate this season i feel like she's lost all of her allies you don't have vicky and tamra anymore she is not on good terms with them yeah. Uh, you know, it was just and then it's shocking to see Sophie's in college. Her twins I know. are like getting ready to leave the nest. Uh, I know. Yeah. Her kids are so normal for everything they've gone through and like based on who their mom is. I'm sorry, Shannon. I've only like enjoyed her a couple times, but I really just don't like her as well and because she's just like. You know, someone said it the best a couple of seasons ago. She has this rich girl problems and like she complains about things that people don't even have the privilege about complaining about. And it's like that kind of complaining is like not fun to watch on Housewives. And she's just just, like the most negative person ever on anything. Like she's just so pessimistic. And like, you know, it was really funny to watch her go through like Heather's house and be like, oh, my God, I used to have something like this. I used to have something like this. And then Heather's like, does this make you sad? And she's like, (laughs) Yeah, and then she's like, okay, but this way, you know, to this refrigerator, <laughs> Heather was just like, whatever, I don't care. You know, that was so funny to watch, like, Heather just completely, like, fly over that and just be like, I don't care, Shannon. And Shannon's just like, I mean, are we just, like, ignoring the fact that she obviously has a huge drinking problem in terms of her, like, forgetting to pay the bill or she has, like, blacked out several times on the show and you see it and it's, like, pretty alarming to watch and not, like, a funny drunk to watch you know, like, I don't know. I'm like, oh, Shannon, like, I don't think you should be drinking like that. Well, it just seems like she seems like one of those people. I don't know if she every time she drinks, it's a problem. But she seems to have these like repeat situations where yeah. she drinks a lot. And they don't seem to talk about it as much. But then last season, they tried to with her. It, mm-hmm. She just doesn't seem to be as open yeah. and authentic on camera then yeah. I feel like she was through her divorce. And yeah. I think that took so much out of her that she's like, mm-hmm. okay, I just want to plan the drama that comes out about yeah. me moving forward because I don't think I can go through something like that again. So she's keeping right. like, things that are personal to her a little bit closer to her chest. And I yeah. think her actual friends on the cast then don't bring those things up. But mm-hmm. 
now we've got a bunch of new people on the cast. She doesn't really yeah. have a lot of friends. So yeah. let's go into those new people. We've got Nicole James, Noella Bergner, and Dr. Jennifer Armstrong. Let's start with Noella. First I love her. Pre- <laughs> really? <laughs> I, I like, sorry, like, I know that came out. So, she just has like this like infectious personality. And she's just like, I know some people don't think it's authentic, but she's just so like fun to watch. And she just has like this like fun personality. Like I could totally see her like getting into it too. But like, I don't know. I loved her. Like I was just like, I didn't really have like, any criticism for her and she was just like fun from the beginning and I just think she's like I feel like she's also going to be like interesting to watch or like in arguments too I feel like feel like I wouldn't want to mess with her as fun as she is I don't think I would yeah. mess with her she's definitely good tv like she's someone yes. who when you see her on the television your eyes grab to her like it's hard yeah. to look away from her and mm. when she shares the screen with other people I find myself just looking at her she is very strikingly beautiful and doesn't look like she's had a ton of work done so it's just striking to see that kind of like natural beauty on this show (laughs) you know I know especially like some of the women we've seen who are like like you know yeah they're like just way too much pulled back a little bit you know and but I get these like weird Bronwyn type vibes from her like Bronwyn there was just something about her that was just like inauthentic and felt, I, I don't know. I don't trust people that become like best friends with people very quickly. And then this is my new best friend. And then we have a huge falling out a year later. And then now this is my new best friend. And, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it just, uh, and I felt like she was trying to sell us on her marriage so much, but oh yeah, it, it you know, knowing that it falls apart later in the yeah. season is just so heartbreaking. It's like watching Lala on Vanderpump Rules right now. Oh it's God, just, I know, it's, it's like just cringeworthy, and you just feel yeah. bad. I know, and I'm like, she's like the way she talks about her, her husband. She's so obsessed with him, and they show pictures of him. I'm like, why is she obsessed with this guy? <laughs> like, he's just like, and like the lawyer that he is. He like, you know, Heather said it best. He's like an ambulance chaser. So. It's just, like, funny to watch her, like, just talk about her husband and just, like, Heather's just, like, okay, like, is he really that great? I haven't met him. But, um, yeah, Noella is, like, you're totally right. Like, she's someone on the screen that you just, like, gravitate towards because she is stunningly beautiful. But she's also just, like, fascinating to me. But I could see where you're saying, like, she's trying to be coming in too strong and coming into trying to be BFFs with everyone because, you know, that obviously doesn't work. So I think it's her personality, though. Like, Sometimes mm-hmm. those types of people are attracted to each other. And I know she yeah. was really close with Bronwyn. And as like Bronwyn was also pretty good television, like, you know, mm-hmm. but there's something about her personality and her like she was needy, like she needed the show and mm-hmm. she was so hungry for it that it made it less watch like it's hard to watch mm-hmm. you know not talking about her sobriety journey, but like everything yeah. else going on in her mm-hmm. life, like something about her makes me uncomfortable like Mm -hmm. about how she about how she engages in friendships and relationships it 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 just makes me uneasy I don't know how to explain it it's like yeah a spidey sense like you're (laughs) you're latching too much too soon and you're putting too much in and you're like who are you like really yeah, and mm-hmm. so that's kind of how I felt about Bronwyn. Like, who are you really? Because mm-hmm. you're constantly trying to show us who you are or tell us who you are, but you're not. It doesn't seem to match with the words coming out of your mouth. 
So, but then there's, you know, Nicole James, who Mm -hmm. we find out has allegedly potentially sued Dr. Terry Dubrow for some botched plastic surgery. And that's, that's the big drama. Um, it sounds like, have you heard anything about her in general? I, I read that she stops filming like a Me few too. weeks in because she refused to get vac- refused to get vaccinated or something or something about COVID related. Oh, uh, that's what I read somewhere. I don't remember where I read it, but it was over the summer when they were filming. And I was like, oh my God, that's just, that's so shitty to do. Just like not vaccinate yourself among the don't go on a show so obviously they fired her i thought Um, it was due to and this is all speculation yeah her heather having a problem with her after this revelation Uh, comes out and then heather and terry having more pull because i can't imagine that all the housewives are vaccinated i'm sure it's like a state-by-state production-by-production sort of situation i feel like most of the housewives like just based on what i'm watching like I feel like Emily, even though like we've seen her, what she's on like online, I think she's not dumb enough not to get vaccinated. Oh, and then like, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. I could always hear her like husband not to be vaccinated, even though she like literally had COVID. So. Can we talk about Shane passing the bar because oh, they Shane. lowered the bar for COVID? That is just like not a flex. Be like, hey, so I, <laughs> I mean, First of all, isn't this guy like an attorney to begin with? Like, I don't even know how. Okay, I don't. I understand that there's laws for different states, and Utah law apparently is where he's like a lawyer, and is different. Um, of course, it's different from California. Each state differentiates, but I'm like, um, haven't you been in law for years now, and you've like taken it so many times that you can't pass it? Like, I don't know anything about the bar. I'm not a lawyer. Um, sorry to all the lawyers out there, but I'm just like, Shane, like you've tried taking this so many times like that. You maybe you should just give it up. Like, I don't know. Like, I, just... I think the California bar is notoriously difficult. Mm, I know California's I that, is, yeah. I know New York's is, and there's others and there's not always, um, like reciprocity between states. Mm. So if you pass it in one state and you move and you want to practice in a different state, they don't always recognize. Oh, like DC is yeah. a little different because, mm-hmm. It's not a state, it's a district. And so, yeah, but I, I'm glad he passed. I'm, you know, good for Shane, but uh, oh man, that was just making me laugh. Okay, then let's get to Dr. Jennifer Armstrong. I like her. Me too. A lot, but she is not Tiffany Moon. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, well, I mean, all doctors are different, right? So, like, it's yeah. hard to, like, compare the two different. And then they're also in, like, different medicines. So it's interesting to see, you know, Tiffany was um, an anesthesiologist, and she did it for, like, emergency situations. Whereas, you know, Dr. Jen is, uh, you know, she works in cosmetic surgery, right? So she or, or cosmetics, or I'm not exactly sure her. Um, aesthetic medicine. Oh, aesthetic medicine. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I did a little digging. So, and I liked, I'm going to preface this by I very much like her and she is a very real doctor, but her residency was in pathology. So she's uneligible to be board certified as a dermatologist. And so she's not board certified, which is okay. You can practice without having board certification, but um, especially with the types of things that she does, she focuses a lot on 
laser and injectables and that kind of stuff, um, which is great. Especially, I love that she focuses on like not (laughs) cutting people people and putting them under and actually just providing, you know, good aesthetic cosmetic whatever but yeah so but I wouldn't necessarily like me personally go to her for skin cancer checks yeah that kind of thing because she's not a board certified dermatologist but she's I'm sure very good at picking yeah and I don't think she's like advertise that right being like I'm a dermatologist and I can see if you're you can say that you're that there's a lot of people in practice who aren't board certified Mm -hmm. um it's it's not like a requirement and she's licensed to practice medicine it's just it's just different. Like, yeah, she's she's perfect for the kind of mm-hmm. medicine that she practices, right? Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. Like, she's perfect for that. It's just so yeah. different than like Doctor Moon, who is mm-hmm. like, you know, so focused on her like fellowship and her training yeah. and her. She's board certified. She publishes yeah. a ton. Like she yeah. is like a, more of an academic type doctor. Yeah. She's like a, a real scientific doctor. Yeah. yeah like you said, like a real it's academic just different, doctor. But board certification like is a thing. You know? Right. 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 Yeah. No, I mean, that makes total sense. And you're obviously more knowledgeable about in this. So, I mean, I think Dr. Ben, like you said, she's perfect for the kind of medicine she practices. And also she's in the perfect area to practice that medicine because I mean, obviously the OC is a lot about aesthetics and we can see that like she was just doing like simple fixes almost to Gina and Emily yeah. and like I don't know like, why I, like, more people don't do that rather than like go yeah. like it seems to me and she's um one of her t- taglines I think with her practice is like I'd rather look old than weird. And yeah, that is that. so smart. Like you don't yeah. want to not look your age. You just want to fix this wrinkle or this chin thing. Like the fact right. that she can do so much and the fact that medicine and can do so much without yeah. going under the knife or like being super stuff, invasive. Yeah. Being super like, invasive. Like what yeah. Wendy did is truly dangerous. Like getting a yeah. Brazilian butt lift, like and she acknowledges that it's dangerous. She did on yeah. the, the reunion. Yeah. But it's so different than what Dr. Mm-hmm. Armstrong is proposing. And I think it's fantastic what what I stuff agree. she does. That I always question that about, you know, people who do plastic surgery and, you know, I don't care what people do with their bodies. It's none of my business, but I'm like, why don't people do more non-invasive procedures instead of like, it would scare me to like go get surgery all the time. Like Vicky Gumbels did. It's and so scary. you shouldn't be under anesthesia that much in your lifetime. Um, but right. just, you know, like, no, they just like their immediate thing is like to get, get surgery. And I'm like, it doesn't that scare you. Like the death rate, obviously with surgery is like a hundred times more than go getting an injection in your face, you know, like, right. I mean, I'm just like, why would you, unless it's like really bad, but I mean, I love her tagline of being like, I'd rather look old than weird, which is so true. And, you know, like people really do, I think like, I appreciate that Heather looks her age. Like, I don't think she's done too much crazy stuff to her face. Like, she probably I mean, has, but she's probably yeah. had such good work that we can't tell. Right. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. And she's married to a plastic surgeon. So, you know, like, who has his own other show. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I like people who do it in subtle ways. It's just like, I'm like, oh, like, that that looks good. You know, not people who, like, all of a sudden look so different. Like, Vicky looked different every single season. And I'm like, do you think people are not going to notice or do you just not care? Or like, I mean, that was kind of her whole shtick by the end. She was like, yeah, I'm getting this procedure. 
I have like a brain problem, but I'm still going to get surgery. And I'm like, Vicky, you shouldn't be doing this. Like, why isn't anyone stopping you? Like, why is your, why is your doctor stopping you? Like, I feel like that's like not good, but, um, yeah, no, I paid like it. and it's yeah. not through insurance. <laughs> oh, yeah. All elective. So we don't care. Well, uh, I'm excited to see. I know Dr. Armstrong, um, she films with Jeff Epstein uh, from oh. yeah at it's Jeff Epstein a few times. He's so and so he's going to be in a couple of the episodes, I think. So I'm excited to to see that he's been going for like a hair procedure. Oh, with her and stuff like that. So. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know this is. <laughs> I don't know if I met him or not in LA when I was there because I was really drunk. Okay, so I went out with. Funnily, I went out with Bronwyn and her husband and a bunch of Bravo content creators like Ryan Daly, um, Stephen by Faces by Bravo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, we all went out one night to a bar. We went to uh, Rocco's by Landspot Bass in WeHo, and um, it was really fun. I I know people, it's an unpopular opinion. I like Bronwyn, and I don't That's think fine. She's Everyone's there. Yeah, yeah. It. yeah, no, everyone is entitled to their own opinion. Like, I don't. I don't care who people like that's none of my business but um you know I was really drunk that night so I don't know if I met him, <laughs> if you met him but or well. not because like I don't know I don't know if he's like offended because I like tweet at him sometimes and I think he's like um I've met you before and I don't remember if I've met him or not because I was so drunk that night and there was like so many people that showed up because like Steven has so many friends in the area and yeah. I was like I don't even fucking know who showed up like I don't so sure I remember being, like someone was like oh Jeff Epstein is coming and I like was like what and then they're like no not like not, not that, that Jeff, Jeff Epstein he's he's dead anyway <laughs> and I'm like oh and I was like you know my drunk brain I was like what <laughs> and so because like there were so many people like there was like John Blizzard there um oh my god <laughs> Happy Gate from you know Beverly Hills, Lucy Lucy. Um, and then there was this like another. There was like a field producer from Dallas who was there, and it was just like it was funny because there were so many. Pe- I was meeting like so many different people, and then like Stephen had like a group of ta- like a table of people, and I was like, I'm pretty sure I met you, but I don't remember. And I was so drunk, and I'm like too scared to ask him. Like, did I meet you when I was drunk in WeHo? I don't remember, <laughs> but oh, I I'm like- sure it's all good. Yeah. Shall we dive to Potomac briefly to sure. touch on part four of the reunion? Oh my so God. how did you feel about Nicki Minaj asking the questions and taking sides? Okay. First of all, like I get it's funny to like have a celebrity because, you know, we see on Watch What Happens Live, there's like so many like huge celebrities like Nicki Minaj who like are actually legitimately into Housewives and they like watch all the shows and like we see like Jennifer Lawrence talk about it. I just think the choice was a little weird in terms of Bravo. Like they keep doing this thing of using the same celebrities that are obviously problematic, like Megan McCain, Michael Rappaport. Like, I don't even know how to say his fucking last name. Like, you know, the one that he's like, Kenya, you want to be me. And she's like, not an old middle aged white man. And she's so, I mean, he's like really offensive. And, um, you know, Nicki Minaj has done some shady ass shit. And especially like right before she went on, she was talking about COVID and how it made her like, cousin's balls blow up or something yeah i think that's the least of the problematic things that yeah. she's been no that's what that is the least of the <laughs> like, um, her husband who you know we won't get into that but he's a criminal um but yeah like that's le- so i was just like really like to have any of all the like people that watch potomac and you know of all the black celebrities out there like Nicki minaj was like your first choice like i would have thought like i don't know it just like was like i kind of was like hmm 
but she did come in hot and she was funny but she also was just like going in way too harsh on people like the, she like was like Ashley like why are you here you just had a baby basically and I'm like are you really shaming this woman for having a baby and then she's just like every time someone was trying to explain her, she's like no no like that's not it and I'm like just say what you're really feeling she's like I'm telling you how I'm feeling like this is my perception and then but then she also like did a lot of things she was saying a lot of things that like I feel like I wanted to say to them if I were ever in that position and I'm sure Andy wants to say them but he can't because he has to say somewhat neutral um yeah, I don't know. she heard I just, some interesting things. Like I had never heard people say that they thought Robin and Giselle were secret lovers. I think she just like, I never wanted that. to bring that what? up. But yeah. then when she talked about Juan and Michael's friendship, she's like, mm-hmm. I think it's mature for him to entertain a friendship uh, with Michael, even though Michael said he wanted to suck Juan's dick. Yeah, so. I was like, oh. <laughs> and you know, she was kind of insinuating like weird things, being like, so does Juan have gay friends? Like she was just like. Does he? Does Juan have gay friends? And she's like, Robin was like, like, what? Like, no. <laughs> yeah. Was like, and even even if he does, like, what does it matter if he does or not? Like, you know. I think she was trying to point out that straight men, and she said, especially straight black men, sometimes have difficulty yeah. with, like, I, I don't know. I She was insinuating that, something that I, like, oh, okay. that I wasn't entirely yeah. sure how to vocal like how to explain yeah. but I knew what she was getting at yeah. like not yeah. want to be confused with being gay right you, you know, know because there's already so many like stereotypes against black men and you know like to add one more thing so I understood that when she explained it I was just like it was just funny the way she brought it up and like insinuating that Michael Darby's gay <laughs> and then Ash was like he's not gay and she's like oh Okay. She's like, <laughs> like I'm sorry. I didn't mean to insinuate that your husband is gay. I was like, oh God, wh- where are okay, we going with this? I was like, oh, this is so uncomfortable. Even though I hate Michael Darby and he's disgusting, I'm just like, this is getting into a weird territory that, like, I don't know, I'm so uncomfortable right now. And then she, like, it was weird because she would, like, support housewives and then she would, like, go against them. Like, it was so weird. She's, like, was almost, like, mind fucking with them, like, being like, Giselle, so you know you're pretty, right? But, like, how- do you think your looks have gone down? And I'm like, oh my God, when I watched that, I was like, oh. <gasps> I was like, you cannot say that. And like, it was really funny. She's like, you know, Giselle, you think, I know you think you're pretty, but like, do you think it's like decayed at all? Or like, not decayed, it's not what she said, but like, it's gotten worse over these past five years. And Giselle's like, no, like, do you think it has? And she's like, no. Oh, that was (laughs) so bad. It was so bad. And then Wendy had a tweet where she called um, Giselle turkey neck this week. That really bothered me. It's like, if you guys are all going to talk about not body shaming, like, why are you going after? Why say this? You didn't like when people talked about your plastic surgery. Like, why would you like, I I don't know. Wendy just, uh, she's disappointed me this season. And I really didn't like that she was reading the cue cards. I don't know why, but that just was like so cringe to me. That was cringe. It wasn't like funny that she was doing something rebellious, like, there are other things to do that are rebellious for you to do on arena. And it's not that, but no, it is true. Like Wendy has disappointed me. Like I loved her, her first season. Like she was so, so different from any other household of any franchise. Like to my knowledge, we've never had a professor and we've never had someone who's like a practicing professor and like, you know, has a, it works at one of the top universities in America. And, you know, and then she also is like an additional reporter, you know, she's like has a full fledged career and it's her accolades are so impressive, but you know, and then she's just like, 
the second season she was on, like, I get trying to like, you know, you get more comfortable and more confident in your second season, but like, I feel like she was a completely different person and she picked arguments with people that she would never typically pick arguments with before. And they weren't like really valid arguments. And, you know, like the way that Giselle handled that cheating rumor, like, I don't think she handled it in the best way. But the way that she talked about it to Robin and then Giselle and like, you know, being like, well, Giselle, you don't even have a husband or like your husband cheats on your boyfriend or whatever he is cheats on you. And then do you even have a real relationship with Juan? And like, I think that was just really fucked up. I mean, like we've seen the struggles of their relationship and, you know, literally Robin was talking about like, you know, I think Juan is like not accepting my depression and she shared that. And then for Wendy to turn around and be like, well, your luggage, her, your husband's luggage will be there or something else. I was like, oh, no. Yeah. I feel like Giselle was so shady and awful in how she brought up the rumor. Oh, yeah. And like, if I'm- I was Wendy, I would be pissed. And if I was friends with Wendy, I would be like, girl, you don't need that woman in your life. But yeah. they're on a TV show. And I need them mm-hmm. to be able to move forward. And it seems like yeah. Wendy's the one that's not budging. And yeah. so for my entertainment purposes, I want them to move forward. <laughs> for me. <laughs> for me. It's you definitely guys. like You're as listening. a human being, I understand Wendy's anger. Yeah. But oh, yeah. as a housewife, I want her to rise above. Also, it's not true. I don't think anyone believes it's true. So like anyone even believes it. They're like, what? This is so unfounded and like. Whoever made that up that rumor, I think they just like literally just like pulled it out of their I think ass. he just followed I do think he followed a bunch of booty models on oh. Instagram, but there's nothing wrong with looking. Yeah. It's like not cheating. I think it's, it's like, a little yeah. weird, but I yeah, also I mean, cool. don't you know I'm also know. not a man, so I don't know what men do on Instagram. <laughs> I don't know a lot of like guys in my life that spend significant amounts of time on Instagram and I feel like it's a yeah. red I think it's a red flag in general. Yeah. You know my brother posts maybe like once every two years or something and he like barely goes on Instagram my or he like not even on social media, period. Yeah. Like <laughs> so it's like yeah, men don't care about that kind of stuff and they're unless they're like influencers, but right. And that's why it's like, what are you doing? Are you being like A Rod or like Randall, like yeah. trying to, you know, get people like send oh, it's so creepy. Oh, God, um Randall. let's end <laughs> with uh Nikki made Candace sing. And and she did beautifully. Her voice is gorgeous. I love yeah. that song. But Chris got real mad. Did you like? How do you like? What were your thoughts on watching all that? You know, I get why Candace at first was like, "I really don't want to sing. This is like awkward." And like, I would ha- be hate to be put on the spot like that. Especially like, obviously, Candace is very talented, and she her voice is beautiful. And then she put on the spot and she's like, no, I don't want to. And then she did it. And then you know, Nikki was like, good. And you know, but Nikki was like being kind of condescending about. Candace's music career it's like obviously Candace is not like has a career like Nicki Minaj it's like but Candace has only been doing this for like a year now or whatever how long she's been doing it but anyway Chris's anger I didn't really understand I was kind of like I think he was overreacting a little bit like I think because Giselle was trying to explain it to him she was like no like what Nicki did was a good thing she was trying to get her to like break out of her shell a little bit and she actually like showed her that she could do it and she could sing acapella without any background music and auto-tune or anything um but yeah chris's reaction was kind of just like mm, i don't know why he's getting so angry i don't know that's just like random because chris like for the most part i think chris is very like fair and just has a 
pretty like even temper and he's able to like control Candace. And he's been obviously he's like been in fights before, but that was like when Michael Darby was being a dick. But you know, Chris has always been pretty like chill. And so like I was kind of like, oh, I was very taken aback by that. And he was just like legitimately pissed. And I'm like, oh. I get that he was frustrated on her behalf, but when she wasn't showing that frustration, like it sounded like the whole room clapped. Like all production, yeah. everyone erupted. Andy Cohen looked like beyond joyous. He was like beaming. He was, he was like, that was beaming. so good. He loved yeah. it. So yeah. then why, even though he was frustrated in that moment, I think in that moment, Candace realized the love in the room and yeah. he should have let her have that moment and yeah. expressed his frustration to her later. Yeah, like I don't think he had to do that in front of everyone and like make a right. scene and then I was like, I don't even know why you're freaking out. Um, yeah, it's like not about you, Chris. Yeah, it's like, literally, that, it's not it's about you, not Chris. About you. It's not about you. It's like, if we wanted your opinion, they would have asked you, but they don't, so... So speaking of not being about you, mm-hmm. let's touch down briefly on Vanderpump Rules because this reminds me of Katie. There's this bar that Tom and Tom are working on and it's mm-hmm. tentatively called Schwartz and Sandy's and Katie is wanting to be involved and trying to be involved and Tom Sandoval is blocking every possible mm-hmm. move. Yeah. How do you feel about like this dynamic of Tom Sandoval, Tom Schwartz and Katie, which seems to be the driving drama through yeah. this season? You know, I have on Vanderpump Rules in general, I think they do besides actually Ariana, I feel like it's they do a good job of like, oh, Ariana and Raquel, like they do a good job of like you don't love or hate one person, like you hate every character or every like cast member at one point or another because they all do annoying things so that's, that's kind of like the beauty of Vanderpump Rules like you have your favorites but they're all kind of shitty so it's like entertaining to watch <laughs> so I mean you know what I mean like they've yeah. all done things to each other I mean okay I don't think they're none, not all of them are like genuinely bad people and they just do like shitty things to one another and I was like oh my god but they've obviously gotten better and you know since they've had kids and stuff and gotten houses but um you know I feel like from a if I'm looking at it from a business standpoint, I do understand why Tom Sandoval is getting frustrated that a non-business partner is getting involved. Like unless if they have a written contract and it says it's just between Tom Schwartz, Tom Sandoval and this investor guy or whatever, their partner, and they have it in concrete writing, then I understand because it'd be like my mom getting involved with my dad's business, which she has no business getting involved and she doesn't have any like even though katie's been in the service industry in the restaurant business for years um like tom did make kind of a good analogy being like well my mom's a firefighter i'm not gonna like go pretend like i know how to do something firefighter related um but the way that sandoval is coming at katie and like so harshly and being so mean about it i'm like oh you can't like talk to women like that and you should just like not i feel like tom has like really hard way of getting his point across sometimes because he gets so like passionate about what he's saying. And like, you know, some people appreciate that. Some people don't. And like, you know, it's good for when you're like defending something, but like, not when you're like coming at someone, like being like, Katie, like shut the fuck up. And like shorts is just standing there. And he's just like, I don't know what to do. I'm like shorts. Oh my God. You could do something to like break up this fight, whether you like don't agree with Katie or not, or you agree with Sandoval, whatever. Like you could have broken up this argument and like, but Katie also like coming back really strong. Like I get she's reacting to Sandoval's anger. Yeah. Like 
I like Katie annoys me a lot because I always think she's a little self-righteous and she's always just like, well, that's my truth. And I'm like, why is your truth always like the only truth? And she can be very like dominating to her friends. And, you know, I see this like sometimes with Sheena, you know, she annoys the shit out of me. Like she has done that in the past, but I don't know. Like I have a different, like, I might, it's like, I might be differing from like the crowd or the audience members being like, Oh my God, Sandoval is being a dick. And I do agree. He's being a dick and the way that he's going about it. But I think, you know, this is a business deal. Schwartz and Sandoval are obviously friends, but they are business partners. And if some random ass person, even though Katie's not a random ass person, is just coming in and chirping in and like, is not part of the contract, then I would be pissed too. But I just think there's a way to go about it. And I would be like, Katie, like, I really appreciate your input. And I think Katie has good ideas. And you can, there's a way to like, too. That's the thing that's frustrating is he's not listening to what I think are pretty good ideas. I just wish uh, Tom Schwartz would be like, listen, this is my wife. Mm -hmm. She is my life partner. If you and I are going to be in business together and be best friends, you need to respect her. And right now, you're not showing her respect. And that is not okay. And so you're right. going to have to change how you speak to her and we're going to have to figure something out. I think yeah. with Katie, I'm wishing that she kind of had her own thing going on that she could focus yeah. on. Um, maybe she does and they're just not showing it on the show. There's mm-hmm. plenty of things going on in these people's lives that are not documented. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like she should start her own business. She should do something. I agree. So she's not feeling so left out with what Tom yeah. and Tom are doing. That's my thing. I know she's got her podcast and she's yeah you know, does stuff, but it's just right. not maybe documented for the show. Yeah, and I don't think she has like you know she has her podcast, but she doesn't have like a like a almost tangible business right now because or at the time that they were filming because it was COVID. She's obviously not working at the restaurants anymore, so she doesn't have like a physical business to go to every day or something more concrete. So you know, I think that's. I think Katie was kind of having like almost like a quarter life crisis or something. They're like, fuck, I need to like do something and like put my money into something because the show's obviously not going to go forever. I need to be a realist about things. And so I think Katie was kind of definitely, that definitely was more exacerbated through COVID and just watching her husband open yet another business with Tom Sandoval. And she obviously saw the success with Tom, Tom. So, you know, I think Katie should do that sandwich business that they were talking about. Like, you know, she's like, I've always wanted to open a sandwich shop, like just a deli. Like, I don't know how successful that would be just in terms of L.A. But um, but like Katie does have a lot of good ideas and she does have a lot of good input saying, you know, her mom owned a restaurant and she also has worked at a restaurant forever. So Katie knows the ins and outs. Um, I just think they're I think they're both right and both wrong. And I think Sandoval can't talk to Katie like that, like. I don't get how Schwartz just like stands there and watches his wife like take this like verbal beat down and he's just like yeah he's just like standing there he's like well I kind of agree with Tom I'm like oh my god I'm Schwartz. Like, Schwartz like and I don't think that he should just blindly agree with Katie I yeah. think he should um just say you can't speak to her that way yeah that's yeah. the issue for for me it's like they can have disagreements but how he's vocalizing it how Tom Sandoval is mm-hmm. does feel like it's crossing a line if Schwartz did that to Ariana Tom Sandoval would oh, be pissed. Oh yeah, he would. Oh my god, it'd be like he wouldn't let like, someone scream at Ariana. So yeah, and then we've got Lala telling Schwartz that he needs to stick up for Katie more, and there's consequences for not supporting your partner. And she says all the stuff that like, oh, when Rand does this, he doesn't get to sleep in the bedroom, and you know, I just I feel so, so bad with what's going on so with her. 
you know, I've had my opinions about Lala. Sometimes I love her and I think she's really has a heart of gold. And other times like she's, she's so mean, but I think she just obviously has like an anger issue. She's admitted, but um, watching like how much she like, you know, admires her then fiance and like, it's like Rand, Rand, Rand. And like for season, she was like, my man, my man is amazing. And like a couple episodes ago, she's like, my man is a stand up guy. And he's yelling at Sandoval. And then now in real time, we know he's a cheater, cheater. Um, Pumpkin eater. eater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to finish that line. Um, so yeah, I was just like, Oh, this is not aging well. And she like admitted it that she's like, this isn't aging well for me. Yeah. But it's like, dude, Randall, like how you guys got together, like you really don't think he would ever do it to you again. And like, how do you not notice the signs of like, Oh, I don't, I don't know. blame her. I think she, I, yeah. when and well, she's yeah. dealing with, you know, pregnancy and then a baby, oh, yeah. like you, yeah, you can't pay attention. And she, if she, you have blind trust, which you should yeah. with your partner, your part, yeah. you, you're not suspecting things are going on. Why would it's you, the, you know, the way that was like, they're always together. Like it seemed, or it seemed like, cause I well, follow it sounds like he traveled here. a lot for work. She would travel a lot with him, but now with this baby, they're not going to be like yeah. just jumping on planes and going all over the right. place. And so what I think is weird is like he was sending all these messages to people and they were oh, yeah. awful. And that is so that's that's a violation. Even if he never met with any of these people in oh, real life. Yeah, that's disgusting. Like, sending these messages, sending money to them for like, oh, it's awful um yeah. for those of you who don't know what i'm talking about uh girl gang 7733 like published on her instagram she is awesome a i was bunch just of different yeah, she- dms that that randall had sent yeah. and how he would do things and he even used certain messaging apps where like the messages mm-hmm. disappear immediately after so it's yeah. harder to trace so he was yeah. very much like he knows what he's doing. He knew what he was doing. He was mm-hmm. out there doing some really shitty stuff. And I think it's horrible to blame it on Lala for like, oh, how you got him is how you lose him. There is uh, no yeah. there's no proof that she was dating him while he was actually with his ex-wife. He was right. getting divorced. And when you are separated, right. you are allowed to date. And they met when he yeah. was separated. And so even if he was shady about how he met her and how he pursued her yeah. and how he gave her a Range Rover after one night together, yes. But, you know, after years, they developed like a much stronger yeah. connection. And she thought I actually like them together on the show. I like I thought too. they were had such a cute relationship. And Me like, too. I think Lala has become like, she's such a good mom, obviously on the show. Like she's always spending time with her baby and like Lala's heart has softened up a lot. And like, you know, like, yeah, like I don't like, you know, I actually never understood that relationship timeline because like they were separated. And like you said, you can date when you're separated. Like, yeah. It, you're not legally married to anyone and especially in the state of california i think well, i mean like, he was legally married but you you said he was legally married he you filed for it takes yeah. like two years to get divorced i heard it takes so long to get divorced in california so like i understand that like yeah he's technically married if you want to be very like legal about it but right she and also like lala doesn't strike me as someone who would like cheat on be the cheater no or be, like, i think she has a pretty strong sense of you know loyalty yeah. and to that yeah and and wouldn't want to do she's that. Like a girl's girl. She's like made it known. She obviously is a girl's girl. Like the way she defends her friends. Like she would, I don't think she would ever be the mistress on purpose. Like she, it would be unbeknownst to her, but like, 
yeah people saying like she deserves it i'm like that's fucked up that's and she also just had a baby with this person and, and the baby has to know all of it. That's the thing. She's yeah. not spoken publicly about much. And I think she's taken the high road. But yeah. because she has a child and she doesn't want that. She wants the child to have a relationship with her father. And she wants the child to love her father. And if you constantly put negative things out there about the father, you know, yeah. that complicates the relationship that her daughter can have with him. And and I just think she's so mature for all of this yeah. and how she's handled it. And I, it has totally changed how I view her in general. It's, it is yeah. not easy to just get up and walk out. What she did, I was like, oh my God. And you've been relying on this person financially for a while. Yeah. And you're living a very cushy lifestyle. I mean, she just got up and got out. Really got up and left. Yes. Like she didn't even think about it for a second. And like, I thought that was really powerful. I was like, holy crap. I don't know what I, I honestly don't know what I would do in that situation. Would I just stay and be like, I don't know either. Yeah. So, you know, you you like to think you would be like Lala, but I just think in a situation when you've got a baby, it's so different. Not everyone is like like Lala, who has you know a very like strong, confident self, and just being able to like, you know, she always defends herself, and I always think she like is her best self advocate. She always advocates for herself. So, um, yeah, just watching this all unfold in real time, and like I was listening to Ryan Bailey's podcast today, where he had Gigi Girl Gangs on, and she was explaining all of this. Like, you know, he would use like these weird encrypted text messaging apps. And I'm just like, in terms of like, I don't know how you don't see the signs. I don't know how he got away with it because he like would be messaging all these women and like, wouldn't they always be next to each other? Like, wouldn't Lala be like, why are you always on your phone? And like, but she's probably on her phone all the time too, like editing photos for these people who make money off of selling things on Instagram. Yeah. Like what she does. I mean, she, her, all of her Lala beauty, give them Lala baby, all of that. I don't even know. You know, like, it's not weird to be on your phone. And I'm sure he doesn't. I, yeah. Oh, my God. What I'm interested to find out Mm -hmm. is who knew he was being shady from the current or former Vanderpump Rules cast. (laughs) And, yeah, I'm sure Jax knew. And if he had loyalty to Randall over Mm -hmm. Lala, that could very much complicate that friendship. Moving forward. Oh, 100%. Like, I think Jax definitely knows or knew or was like, oh, you know, he probably is defending Randall right now. And um, no, they don't follow each other anymore, or at least yeah. Randall doesn't oh. follow any of them anymore. Interesting. So we'll see. I don't know. I'm very yeah. interested in, in this whole, I don't know why, but I am I am glued to this story. I think they're like filming a reunion tomorrow. So we'll see if Lala talks about this at all. Oh my gosh. So heartbreaking. Well, thank you so much for joining. Tell everyone where they can find you. Okay. You can follow me on Instagram at Asians who watch Bravo. Um, No acronyms or anything there on Twitter. It's at Asian Bravo lover. Um, Twitter doesn't let you use the whole username. Um, So yeah, follow me on there. I talk about housewives. I make content about that. I kind of make like stupid memes about my life and, you know, just stuff like that. So yeah, if you guys want to follow me, um, I would love that. And yeah, this has been really fun. And just, I feel like this has been very therapeutic to me. (laughs) Yeah. You're going to have to get out of here and watch uh, Ultimate Girls Trip because I'm oh, telling yeah. you that's the ultimate therapy. <laughs> oh I need to like, I need to like just watch that and be like, 
probably like message you later but like you were so right like I feel so much better I feel so much better about the world after watching Ultimate Girls Trip I don't know what it is it's just fun to be there (laughs) yeah I feel like it, it is like it's watching like all your favorite housewives or not your favorite housewives like just watching all these housewives have been on years for years and just watching them like they would never be in the same room otherwise but you know like their network is making them go on this trip I think it's just funny it's so funny well we will talk soon and thank you so much for being on thank you thank you